Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Tuesday, February the 5th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, some big news. Brian Flores announced as the 10th head coach of the Miami Dolphins. We've got 21 minutes worth of press conference notes. I'll play some sound for you guys. Give my opinions on coaches' answers and recap the entire day. Plus, another coaching staff rumor circling in for Brian Flores and his staff of assistants. We'll get you caught up on all of that, plus some notes and tweets from beat reporters that were there at the press conference. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We are a top five podcast in the Locked On Network, so we owe all of you guys the thanks for that. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com, another top-ranked portion of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one blog in the Locked On Network. And of course, last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, it's draft season. So check out Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes Podcast, both part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have a busy show to get to with plenty of audio and notes for you guys. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. And we had some tweets from some of the Dolphins players talking about the arrival of Brian Flores. And these guys are excited, as you can imagine they would be going from pretty much any coach from Adam Gaze or going to any coach from Adam Gaze. But it started yesterday with Devon Godshaw saying, looking damn fine, Flores, in regards to the Super Bowl. His position mate on the inside, Vincent Taylor, tweeted out right before the press conference, hashtag New Miami. Now that's a phrase we know from 2017. It did not work out so well. So I'd prefer probably another phrase there, Vincent. But I do share your excitement as well. And then the big one of the day came from star cornerback, Pro Bowl cornerback, seven interceptions, NFL league leading cornerback in that category, Xavier Howard, who we all know by now. And he tweeted out right before the presser, congrats on the Super Bowl. Let's get to work. And I think the reason this one is a little bit concern quelling, to put it neatly, is that there was a bunch of players there ready for the presser or to introduce Brian Flores and Xavier Howard was not among them and these players were newly displayed in the press room and they were Laramie Tunzel, Kenyon Drake, Jason Sanders, Jerome Baker, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Jakeem Grant. So a very interesting group of players there and really probably the nucleus for the rebuild going forward but Xavier Howard not being a part of that is pretty interesting. Let's just hope he is He gets a new deal and is part of that group as well going forward. And another interesting note on that topic is not a surprise, but just kind of tells you how fast life can happen in the NFL. A photo of Ryan Tannehill was removed from the Dolphins press room. Again, not a surprise as we all know this is coming, but still just a reminder of how fast the NFL can come at you. As this time last year, Ryan Tannehill was essentially the poster boy for the Miami Dolphins in 2018 and his return to the field and the Dolphins returned back to playoff form or a playoff team like they were in 2016. That obviously did not happen, but just one year later, Ryan Tannehill removed from the forefront of the organization as the Dolphins look to turn the page and turn the chapter 
on the previous regime and move forward. And with that, on Brian Flores' staff, there was a couple of rumors going out there about a couple more guys being added to the staff, veteran assistants and a quarterback's coach from the Patriots. Now, we had previously reported that everyone had really that Jim Caldwell was going to be the quarterback's coach for the Dolphins under Brian Flores. But Alex Marvez tweets out that sources tell him Patriots assistant quarterback's coach Jerry Shaplinsky, I hope I got that right, will be leaving to become the Miami Dolphins quarterback's coach under Brian Flores. That would give Miami three coaches from the Patriots, of course, Brian Flores and Chad O'Shea, coming over from New England when no other previous Belichick defect, a Belichick disciple going on, has ever brought any coaching assistance from the Patriots with him. So 3-0 in that category. Alex Marvez also has this note. Sources tell me that Dom Capers is being courted to become a senior defensive assistant by the Jaguars and Miami Dolphins. If he doesn't become the Bengals defensive coordinator, I expect him to join the Dolphins, but we will see. So Dom Capers could be that Brett Bielema role we talked about. And while Dom Capers' defenses in recent years weren't very good. Having that veteran experience around the team is only going to help you, and that consultation for the younger guys like Flores himself and Patrick Graham will help get this thing started in the right direction, and it just adds more and more experience to the staff. And on that note, I do apologize for a bit of meandering on this first segment. We're going to get into the press conference in the second segment here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. But there's so many random notes out there floating in the ether from Twitter, from the press conference availability, that I wanted to just share all those with you guys so you have it all collected in one spot. And going back to Barry Jackson's Twitter, he had a brief conversation with Chris Greer, who gave some insight into the team building by noting that Chris Greer himself would rather have three good players rather than one great one in salary cap allocation that might be a bit of a clue as far as trading back in this draft and going back for more players over the high quality player we'll see what that means also he asked Chris Greer Barry Jackson did what he likes about quarterback Jake Rudock says he's smart good arm and big I mean that's the most generic generic statement I've ever seen as far as evaluating a quarterback but he also does not rule out quarterbacks in this draft by any means so the Dolphins will remain flexible and pliable on their approach to the position this offseason anyone that thinks they're going to pass on it altogether you're misguided because they're not going to just forego the entire position and not do their workups on this position in this draft if they find a guy identify him they like him and he's there for them to draft they're gonna do it it's that simple and that's as simple as it gets for this team and their approach this season as well as beyond into the future And just real quick before we turn the page here to the actual presser itself and get the comments from the Dolphins' new head coach and Brian Flores, there's a really good column up on the sunsentinel.com by Omar Kelly, new friend of the podcast, talking about how Chris Greer's peers around him believe that Chris is going to be a great GM in this role and they're confident in his performance at this level at this role there's a couple of quotes from different guys around the league to really endorse Chris Greer as the GM of the Miami Dolphins and we all know who Charlie Casserly is he goes on the NFL Network and tries to get through sentences all the time on their broadcast but he used to be a GM in Washington and he said quote I tried to hire Chris in Washington but he didn't come that was a hundred years ago but I liked him from when he was a kid I have a high opinion of him now and Casserly spent 20 28 years in NFL front offices. And another quote from an unnamed source says that Chris Greer is a, quote, master at reading people, end quote. He's not flashy. Another co-worker said he'll let people 
He'll let other people be up front, and that does not bother him. So honesty, transparency, those seem to be the new ways in the Miami Dolphins organization and the aligned vision, which we're going to talk about next here on the other side of the podcast. As we jump into the press conference, I'll give you guys some notes, some sound from Chris Greer, and give you my opinions on this and much, much more. The rest of this podcast here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Linkfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Rolling back into the second segment here of the official announcement of the Locked On Dolphins podcast of Brian Flores, the 10th head coach in Dolphins history. And they had about a 20-minute press conference available for members of the media to speak to Flores, get some questions out there, and get something of his personality out into the public. Because for the most part, this guy hasn't really spoken in public that often, and it kind of shows in the way he spoke to the Dolphins media for the first time. So I'm sure we'll get to know Flores more over the coming weeks, coming months, and of course coming years, as he will do this all the time as the head coach of the Dolphins. But first, they trotted out Stephen Ross, and he had a couple of comments to say. And the big one that stuck out for everybody was the fact that he said, a lot of teams are looking for an offensive-minded guy, the next Sean McVay. And what they wanted to do in Miami was start an organization by finding a great leader. And I believe, says Stephen Ross, that we have found the leader that can take us into the future. And it was an easy consensus for Chris and myself and Tom Garfinkel and all the names that he named in that list in picking Brian Flores as the head coach. And then next, they brought up Chris Greer, and he had a few things to say. He said the process was thorough and intensive, but that Brian Flores was the very first candidate that they actually interviewed, and that he met Flores a few times on the road when he was in personnel. Of course, Brian Flores used to work in personnel with the Patriots. He had worked with him in the scouting department, and people around him, people that knew Brian Flores that spoke to Chris Greer, spoke very, very highly of him. And he was playing a bit coy on that relationship. They're buddies, they go back. But the general consensus across the league and the platform that gives us these ideas says that Brian Flores is a highly respected, highly intelligent, very strong leader and a great man and a great coach. So will that work out? Like I keep saying, we'll see, but things are different as far as who the person is in charge of the Miami Dolphins. And the main sticking point for everybody involved in this press conference was that the core beliefs are similar and that they are aligned in their vision for how to build a football team And that got repeated, I don't know how many times, in this presser by Flores and by Greer. So that was the main message they want to convey in this press conference. So Greer was very brief. Stephen Ross was very brief as well. And then Brian Flores took to the podium and answered questions for about 15, 12 minutes in that range. And to be perfectly honest, it wasn't really that enlightening or entertaining by any stretch of the imagination. I know you want to see this stuff because he is the new figurehead of this team, the new CEO of the organization, and the guy that we're going to have to see whether we like it or not for the next three, four, hopefully more years than that. But let's just go ahead and go down this thing chronologically here. And he came to the podium with an opening statement, so to speak, and he mentioned his family first, that he does this all for them them, of course, being his family, that he was very fortunate for his 15 years up in New England, that it was a great place to learn and grow, and that he's humbled by this opportunity. And this is where I'll kick things off with the audio from Brian Flores' interview, talking about taking this job and what he was looking for in the interview process as a head coach. Good job in New England. Um, I wasn't in a rush, you know, and I, you know, I talked this over with Jenny and uh, my family, and I, we, we talked about it. We said, we're not going to be in a rush. It's got to be the right fit. It's got to be the right place. You have to have the right feel. Um, 
And when I met with Chris, uh, Steve, Tom, Matt, Brandon, um, you know, we came out of that. And, you know, Jenny will tell you, um, I was excited when I came out of that meeting. Um, that's where I wanted to be. Um, and um, I'm thankful that I'm, that I'm a part of this organization now. Um, look, I mean, we're going to do everything possible to, 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 to win games and build, build, you know, the culture and build, uh, build a winner here. Um, and, and I'll do everything in my power um, and, and, and work as hard as possible to make that happen. So like I said, probably not a lot of interview experience for Brian Flores. They only have coordinators go to the press availability once a week. Head coaches speak every day, obviously, but assistants don't speak at the podium like that. So this is really probably his first real time doing this outside of a couple interviews here and there for the Super Bowl and whatnot. But very, very green in the aspect of taking press conferences, but just talking about how thankful he is to be a part of the Dolphins organization and how excited he is to be here because of the things they believe in that he believes in and those core beliefs that he really truly wants to exhibit every single day as a football coach. And then of course, you guys heard the tail end of that. Somebody asked about the idea of possibly tanking or not winning games. And he said, they're going to do everything possible to win games from the word go, build the culture, a term we probably don't like hearing very much and building a winner here and that he would do everything in his power and work as hard as possible to make that happen. I I fully believe that was the case for Brian Flores and that he truly believes that hard work will be the thing that differentiates him from his peers. And then the Q&A opened up and somebody asked him about why did he decide that Miami was the place that he was going to jump ship from New England and come to Miami and be the head coach? You know, I think, you know, Chris mentioned it. Um, I think our vision and our core, core beliefs, our core philosophy of how to build a team, and they were aligned. Um, and that was one of the things for me, you know, going through the process uh, of interviewing was, look, if it wasn't, I told, you know, every team this, look, if our, our beliefs aren't aligned, then you should, then don't hire me. Um, because if they're not aligned, then it, it, it's not going to work. Um, and that's just kind of, that's, uh, that's, that's how that, you know, if they're not aligned, it doesn't work. I'm sorry, my daughter kept getting distracted by his daughter right there. If you couldn't tell, who was trying to talk to him while he was giving that presser, but talking about the core vision and being aligned on the same page, they kept going back to that over and over again. I'm not going to keep playing you guys sound because, like I said, he's so measured and so kind of reserved in what he says that it took a long time to get those answers out. So let's go ahead and breeze through the rest of these questions that they asked him. The next question moved on to asking about all the jobs that he worked in New England. And Brian says, I think when you're in a leadership position, you're dealing with all facets of the organization. And that experience really helps me in New England, whether it's personnel, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, or even picking up somebody's dry cleaning. It helped me learn how to lead and how the entire operation works. I respect everybody and the jobs that they're doing in the organization. So he definitely has a clear respect for everybody that works in the building. And I think that will be a big challenge change as where before maybe ego got in the way or prior to that maybe people weren't respected like under Nick Saban in the same way so I think things will have changed in that regard and then of course they asked about his big Patriots influence and how the staff coming down from New England to Miami if that was by design and Flores tiptoed around it because I don't think anything really truly is official or announced or finalized as he put it but he talked 
relentlessly about being a guy or a group or a leadership group that puts the team first. And that was the aligned vision everybody wants on the football team. He learned a long time ago that it's hard to trust even one other person, let alone 11 other people. And that's why they want guys who put the team first above themselves. And then of course, the tanking questions came in talking about short-term pain the Dolphins will have to go to go through rather before they're ready to compete. And Brian, again, very measured said every week we go out there, we're going to try to win the game. There's pain in that too. There's always going to be bumps in the road, ups and downs. That's part of leadership dealing with adversity. There's going to be some pain and that's true for every team. We had some pain in New England this year and we overcame it. That's the attitude and resolve that I want to see from a team that I'm coaching. So the message about being a teammate over an individual is very clear and cut from Coach Flores. And then somebody asked about how the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game in two decades and haven't been to a Super Bowl in four decades. And how do you fix that? And Flores went back to the trust the process response that we love across all p- sports platforms. It's a You fix that on a day-to-day basis. Everyone tries to improve every day. Take it one day at a time. There's selflessness. Put the team first attitude. And that goes from the owner to the people that clean up the building at night. Get everyone to buy into that and good things will happen. Okay, we're going to finish up this podcast here on the other side, taking a few more notes from the Brian Flores introductory press conference, as well as giving you my final thoughts on the intro PC. We'll do that next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Lingful NFL at Locked On Fins. Segment number three on the Tuesday, February the 5th, edition of the Locked on Dolphins podcast. We're talking about Brian Flores, new head coach of the Miami Dolphins, announced on Monday, less than 24 hours after his Super Bowl victory with the New England Patriots. He now comes down to Miami with three rings on his fingers as an assistant, hoping to add one as a head coach and maybe even more than that, along with Chad O'Shea and company coming from New England. And I wanted to get into a couple more of these notes because I thought there were some good questions. And somebody asked him, why do you believe that you're ready for this? Why are you ready to be a head coach at this stage of your life, at this stage of your career? And Flores' answer was great, I thought. He said, I've had a lot of experiences and developed my philosophy from those experiences to help people become the best versions of themselves. I think I've done that and I'm ready to do that on a grander scale. That's a fantastic answer from a leadership perspective. Something we've talked about on this podcast, on LockedOnDolphins.com, on my Twitter account, wherever you've heard my voice, you've heard me talk about the Dolphins needing to get better in the teaching and development of their own roster and of their own players. Of course, go back to LockedOnDolphins.com and find my article talking about Cordrea Tankersley, Charles Harris, Jesse Davis, Bobby McCain, Kenyon Drake, Jakeem Grant, some of these guys that have a skill set that could be put to use but hasn't really been that way previously under Adam Gaze's regime. You hope that Brian Flores and his coaching staff can change the balance in that regard and get more out of these talented players that they have because, frankly, I don't believe this talent on this roster has been maximized just yet. So you hope that's what happens with Brian Flores and his staff. And then, of course, someone had to ask him about his successful game plan in the Super Bowl and how you can do that from a game-to-game process. And Brian Flores mentioned that each game is different. Every week, you're coming up with a different plan as every opponent offers different strengths and weaknesses, and they're going to attack you in different ways. And a lot of that is tied to who you have personnel-wise, and you've got to be multiple. You stay in the same thing, and coaches at this level will take advantage of that. You have to be multiple. So definitely the key words there, team 
aspect, team philosophy, a core vision aligned with the general manager, teaching and developing, and of course, having a multiple attack as far as your game plans and being able to utilize your personnel in a certain way. And the last comment I want to make here real quick about the press conference was somebody asked him when he realized a moment when his coaching career really began to take off that he could do this at a high level. And he referenced the 2014 Super Bowl win against the Seattle Seahawks and the impact that he made on the safeties group that he worked with there. He named the five guys that he worked with in that safety room. And I can't recall them off the top of my head. If you want to do a Google search, 2014, New England Patriots, the safeties. That was the room that Brian Flores was in charge of. And he said, I saw them developing on the field, but also off the field with their families, their wives, and their kids. I felt like I was making an impact on their lives. I was very demanding, but they knew that I loved them, that I respected them, and that formula worked. And that's what I've stuck with, and I'll continue to stick with here in Miami. So those notes, certainly encouraging. A couple more questions asking about their opinion or his opinion rather of the Dolphins as an opponent who made sure to say that this was a hard place to play. So you hope that Flores will come into this building, into the new stadium, Hard Rock Stadium with an approach to take advantage of that home field advantage. I assume he will. And I assume they'll find a plan to be a team that can grind teams out at home and continue the strong record at home in the post remodel slash reconstruction era of Hard Rock Stadium. And really, that was about it. There was one final note about his core beliefs, but we've already gone over that. Selflessness, being a team player, being able to work together to strive to uh, accomplish something greater than the individual. And then lastly, a note about, quote, you're as strong as your weakest link, a point that he referenced on the presser, a point that I talked about on the podcast, and the old famed rabbit hat that I talk about. If you have a guy on a defense that you know you can exploit, It doesn't matter how good everybody else on that defense is because you get that one matchup, you can attack that guy time and time again. So Flores' job will be assuring that the weakest link is strong enough to provide a competitive balance on the roster and really get the bottom of this roster up to snuff because that has been a huge issue for this team for a long, long time. And let's go ahead and finish this podcast up with a couple of general notes from me about these press conferences. The first note that I have for you guys is, can we get Chris Greer a tailor? The guy's suit looked like about four sizes too big, hanging off of his arms and his shoulders. I mean, you're a high-ranking official in the organization. He makes a lot of money. Can't we get a jacket that fits him? I just, it bothered me because it looked very sloppy on the television, or I guess on my computer screen here as I watched it. And then Brian Flores, I talked about him being an English major, and there are certain things that you learn in the English department, as I am currently a college student going through an English class, and the argument of pathos, ethos, and logos appealing to your specific audience and finding a way to make your content relatable to that audience, and you can see that Flores has that measured approach, that pulled back approach where he's not going to let anything come out of his mouth before he thinks about it and really chews on it and decides it's the right thing to say. That's why there's lots of umming and hemming and hawing in his presser. Like I said, I want to see that stuff get cleaned up because to me, you need to be able to speak if you're going to be in a leadership role. And it just wasn't very clear and concise in this presser. But the notes, the comments, the core philosophies, those are the key things you point to. And those are the things that I was excited about watching this presser. But I just want to see a little bit more lively of an attitude. I'm not asking for a raw, raw guy, a John Gruden guy who's going to give you a great soundbite. And I'm not trying to say that 
Brian Flores is lacking in the confidence, but maybe project that confidence a little bit more because in this presser, it just didn't come off to me as a very confident one. So like I said, these pressers, you can take them with a grain of salt. They really don't mean that much in the grand scheme of things. I recall Joe Philbin's presser. I'll never forget it. He talked about quarterback rating differential, and that's how you win games. And I love that statement, but then he never really did anything to back up that approach to the game. You had Adam Gase, who sounded like a million bucks as far as approaching the offense. And what did that give us? A bunch of bottom-ranked offenses in the NFL. We'll see with Brian Flores. This press conference will mean nothing in terms of their overall success as a group, as a new unit, as a new regime. But nonetheless, you can see the aligned vision and the fact that everyone seems to be on the same page for the first time in who knows how long with this organization. And with that, I think that's a great time to go ahead and get out of this podcast and remind you guys that if you have a smart speaker, you can quickly play the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Just say play Locked On Dolphins podcast and get that pulled up right quick. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. And I leave you with our theme song after Dolphins wins because I think the Dolphins got a big win today. I'm all in the wind with it. On Deuce line, I've been with it. She too fine, I've been hit it. Crash two times, I limo tenant my new ride. I'm riding with the toaster. 12 bet not pull me over. over. Championship going dumb. Whoa, Nothing to something whoa. I won, bitch.